Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back, guys, to the MVM Show, part two. Not really. I actually forgot to hit record on the last uh, three minutes of our prior one that we... So we're starting fresh. I got Tony Quinteros on the phone with me from Refuge Runners. Great guy, local around here, and I'm excited to have you on the show today, Tony, for round two. (laughs) How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, I apologize about that. So we were what we were doing is just getting into. We've been trying to do this for about three weeks, and um, both our schedules are pretty busy between work and your school and golf and everything else you got going. So we're gonna keep it pretty open today and talk about different things. But let's start off just uh, how you got into duck hunting, but then also kind of from childhood up and how everything's going to to this point. Yeah, for sure. So I grew up in Houston, which is just outside of Turlock, like a small little farm town. And I came here about sixth grade and I met some of my best friends, Jacob and Matt, and we all just kind of became really good friends. And then I was just hanging out at Jacob's one day and they were like, Hey, you want to go, you want to go dove hunting? And I was like, I never really knew anything about hunting. No one in my family hunts. We pretty much just fish just for bass, like little farm ponds, whatever but nothing too serious. And so we ended up going dove hunting to some field out here. And I, I didn't have no license. I didn't have nothing. He gave me like a camo shirt. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and we ended up going out there and I was just pretty much watching the whole time. Cause I didn't have my license or none of that, but it was like the coolest thing ever. I just remember just right there, just being pretty much hooked right away. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up doing that and that was just before COVID Mm. and then COVID ended up happening and like, or I want to say maybe it was after COVID or like right in the middle of COVID. I don't exactly remember, but it was sometime around COVID. And then I ended up getting, I ended up getting my license, my hunting license because it was so easy to get online. Yep because of covid mm-hmm. so me and my buddy matt ended up doing that and then we went hunting that season that same season as dove season he took me duck hunting and we just went out to one of these just one of the refuges in the grasslands and we got a good draw and went in and hunted a we got to hunt a pit blind for my first ever duck hunt mm-hmm. which was just awesome and jacob and his dad had been hunting for a while so it was really good to have like a real super good mentor Mm -hmm. to kind of teach me the ropes and stuff and like what not to do what to do 
And they did everything. They still do everything the right way and not like cut corners like a lot of guys like to do. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, like yeah. out there. Yeah. <clears throat> and they're all about, you know, like no sky busting, all just everything, everything that a kid who'd never hunted would need to know. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we went out there, shot our limit. I think we shot some teal and divers. And it was just like a blast, like putting the face paint on. It was, I just thought it was awesome. Yeah. And so pretty much from there on, I went home, went on Amazon <laughs> and bought all kinds of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I spent all my money on waiters, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. anything, anything I thought was going to benefit me. Yeah. And I ended up watching YouTube, like just when, when I do something, I don't usually just mess around with it. I go full go, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. And so it was kind of like, like that with waterfowl. I just got like fully addicted from the first day. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, yeah, went on YouTube and just started watching videos, stumbled upon one of your videos. It was like, what, what? you need when you first start out waterfowl hunting or whatever, Mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. And you you were talking about the double nasty call and stuff like that. I ended up buying one of those and kind of learning how to call on that. And yeah, that's, that's pretty much how I got started. Awesome. Um, that first hunt that you went on, I mean, that was, that was probably the end of it, huh? Like you knew right then oh, there. Dude, I, I shot like one spoonie, but it was the coolest. I mm-hmm. thought it was awesome. Yeah. It was just it was just so sweet. What do you think it is that got you? Because, you know, it's been so long since I could kind of remember bits and pieces of my first duck hunt. But like, what do you think it is that really like, what was it about it that just locked you in? I, I don't want to put words in your mouth because I could think of all these different things, right? But like for you, what was it? I think that it was like so, so rewarding mm. because we had to walk all our stuff out there and we were hunting a pit. So it wasn't like, you're not doing nothing hard. You mm. know what I mean? Mm. So we like walking the stuff out there, putting out decoys. It was like the whole process of it. And then actually seeing the ducks was just even cooler because I had never, I had never held a dead animal or anything. Mm. Yeah. So that was just like awesome to me, and then we went home and cooked them up and stuff. Mm-hmm. And your so, da- so your dad hadn't your dad hadn't done that hunted nothing either. Oh, my dad's my dad's from Guatemala, so mm-hmm. he, my mom met him over there when they were like twenty three or something, and mm-hmm. then they got married and came back over here. So they're he he I mean he shot birds with a pellet gun probably oh, yeah <laughs> was, yeah right when he was a kid over there, but zero hunting no no experience my mom zero hunting mm-hmm. so and so all you yeah, all your dad's family is over in guatemala basically so it's not yeah, like it's, you it's had the older family. grandparents on your dad's side to even be, be here so how'd you guys did you well, how'd you guys prepare that <laughs> first duck was your dad kind of excited about that or i mean like yeah well actually so i'm not sure if you like misheard me or something but i went with i went with jacob and his dad okay yeah Right, right. So, yeah, but you're just talking about when I brought it. Yeah, when you brought it home and it was like time to prepare it or whatever. Well, mostly what we do with all our ducks is we we just cut them all up at Jacob's house, even if like one of us went by ourselves or whatever, and we freeze them all and make them into jerky at the end of the year. Okay. But I wanted to take some home, and so I just brought them home and then looked up again on YouTube how to cook a duck. Yeah. (laughs) And just cooked it up on the pan and it wasn't bad it was definitely a little gamey i'm pretty mm. sure i cooked up a spoonie <laughs> nice so that was that was not the right thing to do <laughs> those are rubber <her> sticks <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but, I, and you know that's funny you said that because i i think one of the first ducks i cooked was a uh, canvas back and which are actually known to be some of the better eating depend on where what like region or zone they're in and what they're eating obviously yeah. if you shoot them out in the bay that might be a different story Ooh, but like yeah. back in the day, I've talked to some guys that uh, in, in the upper Midwest that they would be feeding on like these celery farms. That the, actually, that's what they would be eating and feeding oh, wow. in. And I guess they were, they say they're 
pretty much the most amazing, one of the most amazing uh, game birds that you can eat. Yeah, I but uh, I did mine in a crock pot, which is really not how you do duck. I mean, you can, and if you do, you know what you're doing. But I was like, oh, yeah. didn't, and I just overcooked yeah, we it. Yeah, honker in crock pot, and it's it yeah. was delicious, like yeah. cold pork honker. It was so good. Yeah, and you know another way you, sh- you could do it if you haven't tried this yet, um, especially for a honker. Like I would say, more than anything, maybe a spec too, because spec obviously is way, in my opinion, better than honker. But oh yeah, way better. Do uh, um. Uh, Matt from High Prairie Sportsman did it. He has the recipe on his channel. Is if anybody out there is listening, check it out. But man, I because I already know how they can be gamey, but it's all again, it's all in prep, right? Oh, and yeah. Matt, when we were all doing the uh, Flyways Collective like collab, he cooked yeah. a honker, two honker breasts, which you know how big they are. Yeah, and he huge. did uh, prime, like he did it prime rib style. So basically, okay. meat like medium rare. Like in the oven type? In, on the Traeger, actually. On the Traeger, okay. Oh, dude. I was like, I'm like trying to taste game. I'm trying to taste really? where you can like, you're trying to find it and you're like, I can't taste game. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you would think that cooking it less would make the, more of that game taste with the blood or whatever. It's not. So Really? Yeah. So it was super red. Oh, dude. Yeah. Very, very red. Yeah. Well, that's that's how that's how I cook it now. Like mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm not going to do jerky, if I just want some duck, mm-hmm. I'll just I'll usually just toss them in a Ziploc bag with some water and salt mm-hmm. and I'll let them brine in there for like a day or two or whatever. And then I'll just throw them on the pan. Super hot. Crisp up the fat. Yep. Usually if I'm cooking, it's like a mallard or a pintail, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the best I, I feel like the most consistent best eating bird. I mean, I always want to say wood duck, but I don't shoot those a ton. Pintail yeah. for sure, just the the color of their fat and the taste of it, the bird, and just in general. But like the best I had was um, Josh from Outdoor Limits. He cooked it over an open fire, just just quick, like quick seared it, and man, alive! Yeah. It was it was just so good. And again, like you said, pan searing is kind of one of my favorite ways to do like mallard or pintail. It's just easy and quick. It is. And it's it's just like having a little steak, you know, a quick Yeah, yeah, exactly. Steak. So except um, it's it's free kind of yeah. kind of not free though. Yeah, <laughs> you worked for it and you harvested it and Exactly. And you're not out there just shooting it just to shoot birds. You're out there for a purpose and a reason. So Yeah. It it kind of like you said earlier, it it's like justifies what you're doing and and it's a reward. Yeah, exactly. So Exactly. So that being said, uh, it's kind of talking, I guess we'll just go ahead and move on, but talking about pintails, how, what was your uh, view of seeing, um, do you mainly just hunt grasslands or have you, uh, moved out anywhere past that? Uh, yet? mainly just grasslands, no boat, no boat yet. So. Oh, okay. Well, I mean too, I don't know if you go to Sac Valley or if you even go South. Oh yeah, we go, know? we go, we go to Sac when we get a good draw, mm-hmm. which we got a good draw this year, but I played basketball too mm-hmm. and it was on a saturday and we had a basketball game on a friday night oh man so it just it we were just like uh and we had another draw in the grasslands so it was like oh whatever oh just stay here yeah and by that time i'm yeah, sure it was already like, good here anyway so yeah it was it was really good here that was when the water was all crazy all the northern refuges were all flooded oh, it was for delavan yeah and delavan was flooded for like two weeks and then a few days before we we're supposed to go they opened up oh Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I remember that. Yeah, a lot that of people were freaking out because they didn't think they were. That actually happened yep. to me and Thomas. Probably, man. I, I don't know. Probably four years ago, is he had an amazing draw up north, and we actually uh, were really bummed because, or it might have been five, six years ago. That last time it flooded, it it flooded up the refuge, and it mm-hmm. was we were heartbroken, man, because he had like a number three, and we had still, yeah. we still to this day have not hunted that refuge. We're like, oh my goodness, man! But yeah, it's that a heartbreaker. Hurts. It is. But I was gonna say, what? So, what's your perception? Of what had, did you see out there coming from another hunter, not just me, on a soapbox on the, yeah. this podcast? What were you seeing for pintail numbers? Um, let's just say I probably could have limited on pintail every single time I went, like seven, mm-hmm. yeah. almost every time. And it all, was all drinks. All drakes. Yeah. There's there's almost all drakes. I mean, anytime mm-hmm. you see them, there's like four or five drakes, maybe one hen, mm-hmm. maybe. But yeah. it's pretty much, for the most part, all drakes. And, like, it's nice knowing that because you get to pick out a little nice long pin. Right. 
which is that part's nice. But then it's like, I actually have a, uh, I can't say that. Never mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, there was tons of pintail. Yeah. Tons of pintail. Now, see my, and I'll go on a little bit of a soapbox here. I'm going to actually get, I'm trying to get this biologist on here. Really. It's hard to get yeah. a hold of this guy, but I'm trying to get him on here. I want to talk to him. There's another guy I heard from someone else's podcast. I'm going to get on here. I'm gonna, I got some really interesting guests. I think yourself and everyone else would love yeah. to hear. Um, uh, I don't know if you follow them on Instagram. It's like Cohen, Cohen lab, Cohen wild lab. They put these trackers on the birds. It's a really interesting page. I'm going to try to get them on too. But anyways, um, they're talking about, they were mainly talking about mallards, but the, the, the data, I, I don't, I sh- let me tell you just a hair of what he said. He was saying, yeah. and I did not know they did this, but in Canada, he said they are releasing up to 500,000, um, basically, um, what's the word? There's dom- domestic mallards a year. Like farm ducks, not not really. I mean, kind of is because they are a little bit bigger. Um, yeah. what, what it is, they're still wild and everything. But what it is is they are their tendencies for nesting and all these other things aren't the same as okay. like wild bred ducks. They're not as hardy. There's just a lot of things. Yeah. But those are birds we're actually shooting. Like they're wow. coming down the flyways, and we don't even know. I mean, I would say majority of the. Waterfowl, waterfowlers don't even know that. I mean, I didn't until I yeah, heard that I've podcast. Never, I've never heard of that. And this was a PhD. I'm going to have that guy on. I, I really That's hope wild. he'll come on. It is wild. It'll, it'll blow your mind. And I was actually flying when uh, crop dusting when I was listening to that episode. And I, so it was, you know, I'm kind of focusing on what I'm doing a little bit. But I want to re-listen to that again when I'm just driving and, like, focusing. Because it's, it's crazy. But Yeah, anyways, that's crazy. I've never heard of that. Yeah, I'm kind of wondering, like, on the pintail thing. Anyways, to go back to the pintails, um, I want to get some more information and everything. And I'm not trying to be greedy, and i like to hear your thoughts, but I'm not all about, like, a couple years ago they were saying, hey, we're going we're gonna to possibly shoot, be able to shoot three to four pintails. Me, personally, I don't, I'm not really looking for that. I don't, I don't yeah. feel like, oh, Agreed. man, I want them to do that. I want the numbers to stay good. Um, should it be two like it used to be when I was? I think it should be two. Yeah. 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 But I don't think more. I think more than two is just like it will take the um, kind of like the mysteriousness out of yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yep. I, I, like I, it, I think a majority of duck hunters feel that way too. I really do. I really feel yeah. like nobody's wanting it to be three or four, you know, like. Yeah, exactly. I mean. I don't know if I if I see a guy with four pintails in his bag, that's just like, you almost kind of just you know what I mean? kind of like, like cringed. yes, like yeah, ah, is that really yeah is that exactly really necessary? I don't know, but you know how it is though, man. When when there's limits set, that's what we do, right? And yeah, exactly. I don't I don't ever foresee that happening. I mean, again, that's coming from a biologist locally in California that said that, but I'm just like I just don't see that's necessary. We're not. Wanting that, we're not trying to get that. We yeah. just we just want to be at least two because I mean, it's crazy how many you'll see. It's just like, well, you know, yeah, you can is, you can walk crazy. out there and be picky, you know. Yeah, I mean, I am picky every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> every time I'm picky, you know. But I think it also should be two because of like, what what if you scotch double, you know? Yep. Like something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then you're not freaking out. You just killed two pintail. Yeah. Then then what do you do? And and that's. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what what bird. Like, I don't know why off the top of my head it's not coming to like what bird is only one. Um, because scop are two. Scops, I think two. Yeah. Uh, but they're later in the season for California here. Uh, cans yeah. are two. Yeah, I don't yeah, think two. there's really. My mind's going blank right now, but maybe you know if you were talking about different states whatever but anyways yeah I, I i agree just for that purpose alone you know we can make our shots and make the selection better if we need to to make yeah. sure we don't do that obviously that's what we all do but just you know because yeah, yeah. you know it's happening you know guys that aren't as experienced yeah for sure you know or even just like a windy day you know like mm-hmm. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I don't know. Hopefully we can, you know, I know this last time now it was all the bird count, you know, where we can't do it because we didn't get to do the bird count, this and that. It's like, oh my goodness. I just, it's kind of like, man, I wish we'd get this resolved, but hopefully we can get that going here pretty soon. So Tony, what's some of your like, um, when you're going to duck hunt and you're going to hunt the grasslands, what's some of your strategies like decoy placement, mojos, pulsator, like anything, what do you like to do in your setup when you go big spread, small spread, uh, open water, tight water, you know? So pretty much ever since this past year, I had been hunting with Jacob and his dad every time I went or like a big group. We'd been hunting six people, five, six people. And so we're always just running big spreads in in the grasslands just big spreads not huge spreads but not small spreads you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and this year they got into a club for early season and so they they i didn't have anyone to go with Mm -hmm. because they were they were always at the club and so i find myself going a lot by myself Mm -hmm. or just with my little brother um, and I wasn't actually able to take my little brother until I turned 18, which was in January. So I was pretty much by myself mm. for the whole season, basically. Um, or I would just see if one of my buddies would go or whatever, you know. But I think hunting by yourself, you can figure it out a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like I never actually figured stuff out when I was hunting with a big group because mm-hmm. everything was done for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I never had to do anything. I never had to change anything. And I think this year that really changed a lot because I went out there early season, you know, there's not that many ducks, but there was, there was ducks to shoot for sure. And I went out big spread cause that's the only thing I knew. Mm-hmm. And it, it worked, but then it didn't, it didn't work because there was no wind. We didn't have weather. And so I started just taking less and less. And then we all started hunting together again. And we tried the one decoy and that worked well. I mean, that worked well for all types of ducks, you know, not just mallards because there was no, there was no wind, there was no weather or anything. So I think if you put less decoys out, it looks less like they're decoys. Mm-hmm. You know what I yep. mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, especially on a no wind situation. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And those no wind days, I was out there with only my motion ducks. Sometimes I would put two ducks on it. Sometimes I would put four. Mm-hmm. And I was just ripping that thing. And I had like a pulsator next to it just for motion. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that the motion is key for sure. Because oh, if you 100%. have if you have motion, well, it depends where you're hunting. Obviously, uh-huh. if you're going up to Washington and shooting mallards that haven't necessarily been shot at a ton, like the ones you're shooting at down here, uh-huh. then obviously you can have like a big spread or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's different. I've never done any of that, but that's just what I see from watching videos and listening to people on podcasts and stuff like that. Yeah, but but yeah, down here I think definitely. Sometimes I don't even run a mojo. Most of the time I don't run a mojo. Uh-huh. I think the mojo flares them, the grasslands, to be uh-huh. honest, uh-huh. which is probably going to hurt a lot of people's feelings, but <laughs> oh well. I don't know. I've been standing on here for a long time, and on my videos and here, it's just, it. I've only seen a couple times where I really felt like it sucked birds over, and it was yeah. always teal, which is fine, because I know like, teal, yeah. when the teal are heavy in the grasslands, I'm like, okay. A lot of times what I'll do <clears throat> if the toolies are tall is I got the really long extension um, mm-hmm. mojo and yeah. it will get way up above the toolies and they'll see it from a lot farther and they'll suck in really good. And yeah. that's really the only times 
<clears throat> excuse me, that I've seen that. Van, it's really good. Where you, mm-hmm. if you want to get the mallards and other big birds in, it's movement and it's not. It doesn't yeah. have to be a massive spread, you know. Now, no, when it's windy, when it's windy, by all means, stick you know six oh, yeah. dozen decoys out because I mean, oh, yeah. you need to pull those birds over. When you get this massive looking spread, they're gonna pull over, and you got all yeah, that exactly. movement. So, yeah. yeah, if it's if it's windy, oh, we throw out a big spread like that. Like that day, me and Jacob went out and shot all spoonies and two pintail. Mm-hmm. That was a, that was a really fun one. We we took all the decoys we had, which I think was like five dozen. Mm-hmm. And we we were in a pit, and we just made a just a big old raft of decoys right up right out around us, and it seemed to work pretty well. But it was it was blowing like fifteen to twenty, so yep. they weren't they weren't just sitting ducks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They were moving. Yep. Yeah, that's key. <clears throat> that's and that's I think if people take heed to that stuff, that is such big because people always want to know how to do the decoys, how to do this. Well, it's not necessarily the placement always yeah um there's some other tips i could give for that but it's about wind or no wind and then big small big and small groups and that's that if you just have that right there you can go a long ways and i going back to you saying i want to dig a little little more into hunting solo i always Mm -hmm. hunted with travis for years and years never went out by myself well i finally was like oh there's days that i was off that he couldn't go and i finally was like man i'm gonna go out there by myself and like you said i learned more in those moments than I ever did not, not that he didn't teach me a ton. There's just yeah. things you won't learn when you're with somebody else experience mm-hmm. that you will when you're out by yourself. Exactly. And there's no, there's no better feeling than oh. being successful on your own. Yep. It is like the greatest, <clears throat> it especially is. You, you kill, you kill a pile of ducks and you get to send it to your friends and you're like, Oh dude, look what I did. Mm-hmm. You know, I made it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so rewarding. And yeah, it is. You're a lot more and it's kind of like bass fishing by yourself. I feel like like it's I'd rather fish yeah. with people and I'd rather hunt with people. Exactly, yeah, for but sure. But on the second, on the flip side, it doesn't scare me to go out by myself and like bass fishing is yeah. a do- totally different ball game when you're out there by yourself. It's quiet, you got time to think, exactly. you know. Well, I mean, it's kind of I'd say it's pretty similar to duck hunting. Duck hunting can be pretty quiet and you can have a lot of time to think to yourself without mm-hmm. shooting ducks, especially early season. I mean, I was out there almost every weekend just finding new spots. I mean, I knew I wasn't going to shoot a single duck sometimes. Mm-hmm. I was just looking for spots, whatever, trying to figure out, trying to figure out the refuge for myself, you know, yep, new places to go and stuff like that. That's the biggest tip I would give anybody is stop you know, if you have buddies that you can ask questions they want to help you out with and they trust you, that's fine. Yeah. But if you really want to be successful, put your boots on and get to walking. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, well, even pick, a, a, pick a refuge and walk. Or, yeah, if the bike's allowed, do that too. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. I mean, that's how you can figure out decoy spreads too. You can ride your bike around. You can look at the ducks in the water. You can see how they're situated or whatever, how many are in a group. Uh-huh. and you can put your decoys just like that and that's the best you're gonna get you know what i mean yep. can't can't beat that yeah when i practice blowing a, a duck call i don't really try to copy someone that blows a duck call i try to copy the ducks you know copy the ducks yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah when you when i do a mount like if i have a mount in my a duck mount in my office i don't send travis a picture of a, a mm-hmm. usually unless there's something specific of a mount someone else has done i send him a picture of a real bird, you know? So yeah, yeah, exactly. For sure. That's what you want to, you want to imitate the original, not the copy of the original. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, well, that, that, that was actually good information. I'm sure that would help a lot of people. So what do you think? Uh, uh, so I didn't get to really watch any of the masters. Um, well, let's dig in for, let's first, let's dig in. I want to know what your handicap is. Oh, my handicap. I'm about, like an 11 12. are you really Man. yeah i got down to 15 and then i couldn't go for a while and then so that's the best i've got down Dude, to. that's but good though 15 is really good i was starting to enjoy golf yeah <laughs> you know you get to that point you're like this ain't that half bad when you're not you don't lose doing a snowman around oh dude i'm like i use the same ball for the whole round yeah oh dude that's a victory for that sure. is totally i remember the first time i used this, my the one ball for one round and it was like the greatest thing ever oh man so how so how long you been playing 
I've only been playing since last summer. So, oh, really? Wow. But less than a year. Yeah. I, but like I said, when I do something, I don't, you know. Yeah, you go all in. It, I just go all in. Yeah. Now that's exactly. good, man. What What are you kind of averaging on drives? On like- um, I don't. I don't use my driver a ton. Really? To be honest, I use it a few times, but I would say two seventy, two ninety ish. I'm a big guy, so I don't I don't have to hit it hard, you know what I mean? I know, dude. You got what are you you look like you're about six two or something? I'm six three, six, six four, yeah. Oh, are you really? Sheesh, man, you're big. <laughs> <laughs> Tom's like that too. Like uh Jake's son, uh Morgan, he's I don't know what he is. He's gotta be six one or two. And man, he obviously he's young, so he's super limber, yeah. and he just whips the ball. I'm like, my goodness, I wish I, I I'm so stiff when I swing a club. <laughs> Dude, it doesn't even matter how far you hit it, though, to be no, honest. No, it don't. You just got to keep that thing straight and get yeah. it in the air. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's that's the biggest thing. That's why I'll jump down. Like, when I don't play it, when I haven't been playing a bunch, I'll just jump down to my five wood because I can usually yeah. get that pretty straight. But Exactly, yeah. You got it. That's that's exactly what I do. I just pretty much use my three wood on, the, like, the whole course. And especially for our tournaments, we play from, like, the white tees, so it's a lot shorter. Mm-hmm. Like, barely 6,000 yards usually at most courses. Mm-hmm. So... I can pretty much get around the whole place with my three wood. Okay. And that's what you usually do. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, what, what is more satisfying to you? Peering, uh, iron or peering your driver? I'd say iron for sure. I agree. I'm with you on that one. I was just curious what your thoughts were on that. Definitely iron. Cause I'm a baseball guy, so I could always swing a driver. Yeah. Like I played baseball my whole life and I just stopped playing this year just to play golf. Cause mm-hmm. I just wasn't, wasn't having fun with it anymore just really? got kind of burnt out of it yeah so what, what about it you were, were you burned out with well i mean i just like the seriousness of the game you know oh, what i mean yeah and i was always hurt too mm. i just get hurt super easy in baseball for some reason but like i i played that's the only the one sport i played my whole life and like i i was like full go in it i was on varsity as a freshman in high school so mm. i was just like were Pretty you much pitching? Super, yeah, I pitched a little bit, and but I mostly played outfield. Okay. Yeah, that's funny you say that because even in softball, we, me and my brother are talking. We, I mean, we play. We're one of those jack of all trades, master of none. You know, football, softball, uh, volleyball, that's the way to do it. just everything, right? Like I love sports, whatever. Yeah. But I'm like, man, I feel obviously I'm getting older too, but I feel like I feel like I get more injuries in softball than I did in any other sport. It's so weird. I don't know what yeah, the deal I, is with that. I don't, get, I don't get hurt in basketball, but I played football also. And I stopped last year to play football. Or I didn't play this year because I got hurt too. I jacked up my neck pretty bad. Mm. And which was just terrible. So I just was like, I'm not going to risk it. Golf, you can sit there and play till you're 100. That's oh, the golf, cool thing. Is great. golf is great. I yeah. love golf. So what do you... Um, What's one of your favorite courses around, you know, within two hours of here? I mean, I don't know how far you've traveled to play yet, but. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been to the Monterey courses and stuff like that, but I would say Oakdale Country Club for sure. Dude, I played there. My friend was a member there. Yeah. And he t- oh, he's taken me twice. I'm like, man, I love this. This is a nice Dude, course. It's, it's so nice. And the views are just great. Yeah. You see the mountains and stuff. But I mean, I've only played it in tournaments and we have to walk mm-hmm. and so that was like just that killed me yeah all the walking just is just dude it's brutal yeah that is i you know i feel like i play better when i walk but like on that course because there's a lot of up and down and hills yeah and yeah exactly i definitely could see that kind of wearing you out have you played anywhere like up in mariposa or anything like that like um, a, or, or like a wani um, they have a course that's way up in the, that's past Mariposa. Never heard of that one. I played Talili in like more Sonora area, oh, and okay. I played all the all the courses up there like Copper Valley and Greenhorn Creek. But I haven't really gone down towards you guys yet. How's your guys' team doing? Uh, not not great. Actually, not bad. We're second in our league, but the the team that's first in our league, they got a kid that's going to Mississippi State. Is that the Turlock team? No, it's it's Rippin. Rippin. I've heard about yeah. that kid. Is he a senior? Um yeah, he's a senior, I believe. But okay. there's a kid from Turlock that's that's who you're thinking of probably Clark. He's he's super good. Wait, Clark Clark. What's is that his first name? Yeah, Clark Van Galen. 
Van Galen. Okay, that, that might he's be the other guy. To, uh, he's going to Oklahoma. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's probably the best around here. Okay. Sure. Yeah, I've heard. There's another kid. He's a lefty. He's really good, too. But I, he might still be kind of young, and I can't remember what. I don't know what school he plays for. But Yeah, I'm not sure about any lefties. Yeah, I gotta, I'll have to. I'll text my friend and see what his name and see if you know have heard of him or know him. But I don't know how he's playing right now, but I know he's, he's a lefty, and he's pretty good. But Dude, those guys are just on a different level. I mean, like, every shot is just perfect yeah that's every crazy. shot yeah it's it's you only dream you know what i mean <laughs> i know and you know what though if you've came down that far you you'd probably be surprised how quick you could be a scratch golfer i met a guy um i played with him actually super nice that's what's funny is sometimes re- the really good golfers are actually easier to play with than people that are yeah. closer to you but yeah. he's like hey man you care if i join jump in with you i was going solo one day walking and he's like, i'm like yeah for sure I didn't know, how, you know, you don't know how anybody plays. No one's yeah. going to say, hey, I'm a scratch golfer. Yeah, well, he yeah. hit his first shot. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. And I was actually playing okay at the time anyways. Mm-hmm. Well, we got first one. We both parted. Well, then after that, he started getting birdies. And I'm like, and then he oh, bar, birdie yeah. will part. And I was like, what are you, what's your handicap? He's like, oh, sometimes if I'm on a good day, I scratch. I'm thinking, by the time we played 16 holes, I was like, oh, this guy's being nice. Today's but, a good day. <laughs> yeah, but I go, okay, let me ask you something. How fun is golf to you now compared to when you, because he said he had been playing for 10 years. Oh, wow. And he and I said, how fun is golf to you now? He goes, it's one of the best things I've ever done in my life. I said, did you feel that way when you your first and second year? He's like, absolutely not. So yeah. it just proves like if you stick with it, and you get down, it just shows you instead of getting snowmans on putting them on your your card, yeah. And you're getting pars. I mean, like it is one of truly the most satisfying, fun of sports. I think. Oh yeah, for sure. And when you do get that birdie, that's what makes you come back. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And like, like all the kids that I know that are really good at golf that are like scratch, they've all been doing it since they were born. Mm-hmm. And they they all live on on a country club or on a golf course and they're out there every single day yep. working hard. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Same as any other sport. You work hard enough. You could be great at it. Uh-huh. Well, that's the thing is I didn't, I've been playing golf on and off for years just because it's, you know, like I said, you do everything, whatever's in season. You're like, oh, I'm going to play golf now. I'm going to play basketball, yeah. whatever. But, uh, not last year. Was it last year or the year before? No, two years ago, I decided I'm like, I'm committing myself to four or five days a week. And I got a membership here locally and i dude i was go. chipping and putting chipping and putting play around chipping and putt got a couple lessons and yeah. and that is when that is when my score goes down but if i play once every couple of weeks or twice a month it's not ain't gonna happen <laughs> yeah golf is like takes so much commitment to be yeah you gotta be, be out there every day yeah and even then that that's not even enough like honestly you gotta get lessons mm-hmm. and like just watch. I watch a lot of YouTube. If mm-hmm. I need to know something, I look it up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And usually it's right there. Yeah. Now, did you get to watch much of the Masters? Yeah. Yeah, I watched I watched a little bit every day, mm-hmm. I think. But I didn't get to watch Sunday, obviously, because I had Easter with my family. But Yeah. What about Kepka, man? Can little- you believe that? How far ahead he was? Oh, yeah, I know. It, Which, I, he, honestly, I'm not surprised with him, to be honest with you. Are you I've talking seen, about Brooks or yeah, or yeah, Brooks? Yeah, just because yeah, well, he's healthy now. So what's that? He's healthy now. He's been injured. Yeah, I know. It's just so I've seen him do that in the past where he gets up like that, and it's just a mental thing. Yeah, they had a little ch- documentary thing on him, and I was like, man, he's definitely. I mean, I'm the same way, right? Like, I'm super. Oh, I think I overthink a lot of things because he was yeah, he was sure. 13 under on Saturday, I believe. Yeah. He was. He came in Sunday, thirteen under, and finished, I believe, eight unders, maybe seven under. Which is still good at the at the Masters. I mean, well, I mean, he shot seventy five at Augusta National. Right. <laughs> I would be ecstatic to shoot seventy five there. He's right. he's uh, he's mad about it. You know what I mean? Which he should be, but yeah. Rom- Are we talking Rom- about that that full swing on Netflix? Yeah, dude, that was a good show. Yeah, really good. I love that show. Yeah, this you know, and it actually changed my opinion of some of those guys. Oh, for sure. Because some of them, you're like, oh, I don't really like that guy. Then you hear their backstory, and you're like, oh shoot, man, they really 
paid a price. Yeah, especially especially Brooks too. I, yeah. After watching that show, he's kind of a d bag. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of like, just seems like he just doesn't care. Like he's just too good. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. But then like Joel Damon, that dude's hilarious. Yeah. Like I didn't even know about that guy. Before, I didn't you know even know. I, mean? I I heard a lot of people didn't. Now like. Everybody loves that guy now, dude. Yeah, everyone loves him because he's great. Yeah, good he's, attitude, he's, funny. Exactly, yeah, exactly. How can you not? I mean, not I think like he him. beats himself up too much. You know, it's like negative to himself, which yeah. I know he, like he said, you know, like, no, that doesn't help me. But, you yeah. know, that's me and him and his cat are hilarious, man. Oh, for sure, yeah, that bald dude. <laughs> yeah. He's Jake, funny. Me and Jake, Jake's all, that's me and you, dude. We're always just talking trash <laughs> to each other. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. those clips were funny when they're like on the course and he's like, hey, why don't we just go home? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those are hilarious. Yeah, and you know that's not just for the show. You know that's real, how he oh, really no, talks. For sure, for yeah. sure. But I mean, I'm the same exact way. If I was a, if I was a pro out there, I would, I would almost need that kind of like just messing around with each other just to lighten things up. Mm-hmm. Some, you you got to think, sometimes it just gets too like serious. Yeah. Which they have to be serious. Obviously, it's their job, but like, you gotta just remember where what you're doing and where you're at. Yeah, and what it took to get there. You know, exactly. Yeah, and that's that's a good lesson in life for us all because it's like, you know, duck hunting too. I I get like this. I get super business. It depends. Like, if I'm going for mallards or something, or I'm traveling out of state for mallards, or I'm here for mallards, whatever, I do get super business, you know. Which and I don't, should. I don't get mad at him, but it's not like that. It's just, hey, let's be quiet, let's yeah. hide good, you know, let's let's focus on this. I, I really don't, honestly, if I'm like wanting to shoot a limit of mallards, I really don't go out there with that guy that has to snack ten minutes into the. And yeah, Thomas yeah. teased me because he's a snacker, you know, and he's he's hardcore too. But he's like, "Oh, don't you're not allowed to eat when tight when you go tightest or whatever." It's like I care less, but I mean, like ten minutes in, come on, guys. Ten minutes in, yeah, yeah. Let's let's see. Yeah. But no, it, it really that's doesn't the even best matter. Time too, ten yeah, minutes in. I know it doesn't matter, but that's how I can be at times because I just like you know this is what I I set out on a mission, but then at other times I look at it, I'm like, man, you know, it's not that big of a deal that's serious yeah Yeah. well i mean you got to think about it too like you're paying a lot of money and gas and all Mm -hmm. that stuff just to go out there for the boat whatever you know you don't want to go out there just messing around yeah there's and there's days i think so this year when me and thomas um we it's weird you can totally see the vibe in the videos sometimes mm-hmm. and I, always, I was like man i wish all my videos were like some of these videos like the one where the goose hit us uh this last yeah. year yeah that video is good it's just a good vibe right like yeah, we're yeah. happy we're having fun we're laughing and i'm like why can't why are you not like that every time but i guess just every day dictates you know kind yeah. of how that is but that was that was a fun it really was we just it was super loose and yeah that fun awesome. yeah oh man that, that, i can't believe that stupid thing uh, yeah, that was I'm hilarious. pretty sure that goose was sick. To be honest with you, I we've seen a ton of um, avian, avian. Bur- we've seen so many dead snows, dude, on that shoreline. Wow. Yeah. So I, you know, That's you don't crazy. hear a lot about the um, honkers. I, that was actually a, a lesser, but um, you don't hear about them really getting it. But I know they can. Yeah. And just the way he like circled and came back, I'm like, this guy, I don't think was filmed too well. I'm not sure. You know. Yeah. Well, you anyways, got to have fun, man. Got to stay yeah, for sure. enjoying it. And um, so, what's your plans like after school and stuff? Again, college wise, work wise, what do you got going on? That's a good question. <laughs> figuring that out, kind of, kind of just figuring it out. Yeah, you know, when the time comes, I'll probably end up going to MJC, mm-hmm. and because it's free right now in California, junior colleges, mm-hmm. so. I might just go there and just kind of figure things out for a little bit, but I'd like to be in some sort of trade. I know for a fact, I don't want to go to college mm-hmm. or school. That's like the last thing that I want to do. I've kind of looked into some, um, like being like a refrigerator technician, mm-hmm. like someone who works on like the big warehouses. Oh yeah. Keep, keeps them cold. Mm-hmm. My uncle has a buddy who does that. And so he's been, I've been listening to his podcast a lot about it mm-hmm. and it sounds, it sounds like a pretty good gig, but 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of feeling it out. Yeah. You know what? All you, I told, I've told a lot of people this. It's like, do what's going to make you happy, you know? Um, yeah, you Don't chase the dollar because I worked some jobs that were incredible money, and but I didn't have no time. And that yeah. I left it. I wasn't happy. You know, it's like money's a part of it, a big part of it, but it's not everything. Yeah, for sure. You know? It's definitely, yeah, that's definitely tough finding that, that balance, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Where you have time to do your hobbies and spend time with your family, but you also got to put food on the table. Yep. Yep. Well, right on, man. Well, Tony, I appreciate you coming on here, man. This has been enjoyable. Yeah. Oh, hey, sure. no, let's end. I forgot. I almost left one story. Let's hear the, the widget story before let's wrap it up with that. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. So basically me my buddy jacob me and blaine um we i had gone to this exact spot well not the this exact refuge but i had gone to this exact refuge the week before and i had just absolutely killed it and that was by myself and so i was like hey i'm trying to get these guys to go because i haven't really gone with them much this season because they've been hunting their club or whatever you know and i'm like hey let's go let's go let's go so uh on a saturday we just go out there and we're sitting in the, we're, we're just getting on the list, you know, the, the mm-hmm. sweat line mm-hmm. and we're like hoping to get into this refuge and I don't, I don't want to give it away. I'm trying to, um, yeah. So we're just waiting to get on the list and it probably took, man, we were, we were seriously going to get out of there and go to a different refuge. And it was probably like 12 o'clock when they let us in. Mm-hmm. And I think we said 1230, we're going to, we're going <laughs> to call it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it ended up being 12. A guy came in and we went right out, drove, drove all the way there. And then we walked out and we walked the first pond you see, you're like, you know, it's kind of like every time you go, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm not going to hunt the first, the closest pond, right. you know, like everyone hunts that pond. Right. You kind of think like, oh, I want to go where nobody goes. Mm-hmm. But there's been some guys standing on the levee that just got out of that pond with a strap full of ducks and we it was like a saturday it was the afternoon we were like we're gonna shoot whatever we're not we're yeah. not picking, you know we're not those guys uh, mallards or die you know mm-hmm. what i mean which there's nothing wrong with that right. but down here you kind of you can't get picky like that yeah unless you're hunting the right spots but yeah so we ended up we ended up just going in there after talking to those guys and those guys told us that the guys before them had shot a limit and then the guys before them had talked to the guys before them and they had shot a limit too. So there had already been, there had already been probably, there was two guys and I, it's a, it was a three man pit and there, dude, there had probably been like six, eight limits out of there Holy smokes. already. And so we're like, well, we're going to go in here and we just threw out a couple decoys and we ended up just having like a fun, like gentleman's shoot, you know, mm-hmm. it was, it was end of season. It was, I think it was the last weekend, I want to say maybe, or maybe the weekend before. And it was just, just, you know, with my best friends, just shooting ducks. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up, we ended up just shooting a lot of spoonies and teal. The big ducks didn't really want to work. Mm-hmm. And finally though, we got some widgeon, like a three pack of widgeon. We got them to work. They were circling and circling. They weren't close enough. We wanted them like in the decoys. Yeah. And we finally just got them in the decoys. And they were still probably like 15 yards because they kind of, they were landing like outside of our decoys, Mm -hmm. 15, 20 yards maybe. So I shoot the one on the right, folds right in front of me. And then Blaine was in the middle and Jacob was on the side. And Blaine, I'm not sure if he shot one or not, but the middle one falls right next to mine. And then the far one on the left, Jacob said he shot it, but it sailed. Mm Mm-hmm and was way out there. It was at the levee probably. And this was probably like a shoot 300 yard walk to the, mm-hmm. to the spot. And it had sailed all the way like super far. And he's got a, he's got a great dog, like a little black lab female, mm-hmm. but she's not, she's not super keyed on, in on uh, the blind retrieves and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So he kept trying to send her out, send her out, send her out. 
and she wouldn't go that far. She just kept like looking around or coming back. Mm -hmm. So we were just like, finally like, Oh, whatever we need. Like we needed like three more ducks, maybe a few more ducks. So we're like, okay, we'll just, we know that one's belly up out there. We'll just wait and we'll go get it at the end when we walk out. And so we ended up, we ended up finishing and we picked up all the decoys, had all the decoys, had a fat pile of ducks. And then I'm like counting them. I'm like, Hey guys, we're one short. And then, Jacob's like, oh, dude, the widget. Let me go get it with, with June. That's the dog's name. And he goes out there and like kind of goes with her, you know, and then sends her and she's she gets it, brings it, brings it. He's just walking all the way back because she's kind of walking too. Mm-hmm. And he gets to us and he goes, watch, this one's going to be banded. Huh. And I just didn't, I didn't even answer him back. You know, I was trying to get a cool picture of the ducks and he goes, no way, right when he gets it from her. And I just turned around so fast. And he's like, dude, it's banded. And it was a, I think it was a four-year-old widgeon banded in Klamath, I believe. Oh, wow. Somewhere somewhere up there. That's but awesome. Dude, it was, it was so sweet. And then we were like freaking out. We're like, well, who shot it? <laughs> and that was my, that was my first band and Blaine's first band. Actually, no, I don't know if that was Blaine's first band being a part of. But that was my first band that I had ever been a part of or anything. Mm-hmm. And they hadn't shot a band since, whew, I think it was like six, seven years. Mm-hmm. They hadn't shot a band at all. And so it was like crazy. But wow. what's funny is in that same exact spot, it was I was wrong about the story. It wasn't me that hunted it. It was him. They hunted that same exact spot the week before and shot a Gadwall band. No also. way. Wow. Yeah. So we went back and we ended up shooting a widgeon band and it was like the last duck. We forgot about it, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. We would have, we would have left that thing out there. We wouldn't have, but it's just crazy. Yeah. So That's we got crazy. the, we got the widgeon band in, we called up his dad who's working and he, we FaceTime and he's just freaking out. And, <laughs> and we were all just like kind of going crazy calling everyone we knew. Dude, That's we spent awesome. like, we spent like an hour sitting in that, in that <laughs> spot after we cleaned up. Yeah. Just talking to people and stuff. And then we're like, dude, who shot it? And I, we just totally just, everyone just kind of blanked. And we're like, oh, I shot it. I shot it, you know? Because uh-huh. we didn't, we truly didn't know. Mm. And to this day, we kind of, I kind of know it was Jacob, but we don't know for sure. Mm. And so uh, Jacob's dad, Ben, was on the phone. And he's like, oh, I can do the wheel. Because we, we use the wheel for everything, you know, mm-hmm. like you spin the wheel yeah he's like all right i'll put you guys names and we'll spin the wheel and spun the wheel and we were all just still kind of freaking out we weren't even really paying attention to him and he just goes oh blaine won we're like what we weren't even ready you know like we and then so blaine ended up getting the band but he's like he he was after we all kind of settled down a little bit later that night he's like hey i didn't shoot that band and so he gave it to jacob because it was on jacob's side yeah and we kind of just all agreed like yeah jacob shot it so and he shot the Gadwall band the week before, so he got two bands in two weeks out of the same spot. That's crazy, dude. That's a cool story, yeah. man. Yeah, it was wild. <clears throat> That's so cool. Well, thanks for sharing that with me, man. I was kind of curious what, what the backstory was with that Widgeon band. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, man. Well, I know both of us got to get hit the road here in a minute, but I appreciate you coming yeah. on, Tony. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, and uh, we'd we'll, love to do it again. Yeah, we will. We'll stay in touch. We'll do another episode. And great to hear from you and all the all those conversations. I'm sure it will help somebody out there too, especially yeah, new sure. guys. So, all right. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. And we'll see you on the next one. Yeah.